ow, 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 ow! Oh, man, that hurts. Whoa, you all right? Yeah, I just burnt my hand. It's my fault. I should have known it was hot. Oh, it happens to the best of us. What are you cooking? Uh, I'm not cooking. You're baking a cake? Not baking. Warming up the oven to make sure the cleaning product is more effective? Nope. Then what did you burn your hand on? My own body. Oh, I've done it again. That's so hot. Whoops. <laughs> Bringing sexy back. Yeah. yeah. I was going- it's like a weird Sean Connery mixed with. I was thinking more like, like I'm too, too sexy, sexy for my shirt. shirt. <laughs> I, I, it started off like a weird Sean Connery James Bond. Yeah. Like, mm, whoops. Oh, whoops. I did it again. I don't know. I spilled my martini all over my white shirt. Now you can see my nipples. <laughs> Welcome I'd to watch, the podcast. That might bring me back to James Bond. I might watch James Bond again if that's what it was like. <laughs> That's how um, I remember it anyway. Silly me, Daniel Craig, Oops. spilling martini on myself. If you're looking for that, there's literally a scene where Daniel Craig's James Bond like gets out of a sea and walks up the beach in oh, slow motion. What a shot. That was an awakening for yeah, many of us. Same, same. Anyway, welcome to the Get Commanded <laughs> podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming. Sponsor of this podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm hungry. Hi, Dad. James. <laughs> it's a good tradition that we have. I like it. I'm liking the weird tone we're setting for 2024. Yep, this is great. It's, uh, it's going to be a good year. Look, uh, we don't have much to let you guys in on because we're recording this episode pretty far in advance from its yes, release date. It's um, actually December 2013 for yeah. us. Um uh, Spice Girls are still irrelevant, Walt like they has, were ten years ago. Walt has Nelly on his phone for yeah. his ringtone. <laughs> Rob the jewelry store and tell him make me a grill. Um, that's an in joke for those of you who know. I'm a tool and, um, and joined our stream yeah. uh, the other night. Um, you can follow our stream if you want. Go to Twitch.tv/getcommanded. But what I do want to remind everyone, as I do every episode, if you support the content, if you do support, if you enjoy the content, yeah, then you should support, you support the, content. the content yeah. that you enjoy. Um, that's us. Go to patreoncom podcast to support the content that you enjoy, which is us. This is a terrible that's a segue. Great, do you want to do great- the- <laughs> this? Is an episode. It's an incoming transmission <laughs> from the deep depths of the galaxy from the space commanders. It's time to get commanded. Wise people explore the limits of their morality and beliefs to gain a stronger understanding of themselves. When it comes to the format of Commander, what would you do with absolute power? What uh, What are they asking here? I don't know. It's so th- we're exploring the limits of our morality and beliefs. That like our beliefs. I reckon they want hot takes. 
Oh, oh no, I see it. I the, see the it. The limits of our morality and beliefs, like like the fringe beliefs that we hold, the ones other people might not share. I reckon that's a hot take. That's a hot take. If if yeah, no, I see it. Yeah, right. They want our hot takes on Commander, obviously. And then when it comes to Final Commander, what would we do with absolute power? So I reckon what they want us to do, maybe this is what we can do. We'll have a hot take. Sure. Uh, I want to know if, like, you know, if you agree with my hot take, if I agree with your hot take, so we'll throw it yep. to the other person. Okay. And then I reckon we'd collectively decide what we would do if we had absolute power. Oh, so, like, if I I'm getcha. like, oh, so like if we know, were the rules ring, committee or something. Yeah, like, oh, Mana Crypt should be banned is my hot take. Then it's like, okay, you're the head of the rules committee. Are you going to ban Mana Crypt today? Ooh. I like this. This is interesting. I've got, I've got a list of hot takes. That I've been sat on for a bit. I also have a list of Yeah, I think... And this is definitely something you guys uh, out there listening enjoy. We've done a couple of um, space battles where Walt and I... They're basically opposing hot takes. Yeah, Yeah. duke it out on some controversial opinions on Commander. So, all right, let's just dive right in. Take it in turns. All right. You want to go first? I'll go first. Um, (laughs) My hot take should not be a hot take, but it is... The Commander Rules Committee does a really good job. I actually think that is a hot take because I don't think it's as commonly shared by the majority of Commander players. It's wild that it is a hot take, but it is one. Look, I'm not saying... What I didn't say is the Commander Rules Committee is perfect. Mm -hmm. They can't be perfect. They're human beings. but And there are definitely like problems with how things are done, but they're moving in the right direction. And the people who are in charge are really good people. Obviously, famously, about a year ago, we had um, Jim from the Spike Feeders and Olivia Gobert-Hicks added to the Commander Rules Committee. Um, obviously, very sadly, Sheldon Mennery, who was the head of the Rules Committee or the voice of the R- Rules Committee, is, has now passed. Mm-hmm. But the it's it's in very good hands. There's very good people on the Rules Committee. And I think their approach to bans and is the right one, which is that they their general belief is we will stop, wait, let things play out before mm-hmm. we decide something should be banned. And only when something is wildly popular in the format and ruining games for people should we ban it. And the last time they did that was Hull Breacher, which was the right choice. Yeah, my experience with Hull Breacher was definitely like one of my first big experiences of the rules committee affecting the games that I was playing in. Yes. Because I think all the other bands that had happened prior to that and all that kind of stuff, I didn't really see the effect of what it was like before the rules committee intervened. No, we never saw like Paradox Engine being played in Urza decks. We never saw Flash, me and you and CDH. We weren't playing CDH when Flash was legal. No, no. So we can't comment on those kinds of things because we never saw them. But yeah, I think the fact that there hasn't been many bans is actually a sign that the format is mostly controlling itself, which is their belief in the format that that I definitely share, which is mostly... The social aspect of Commander, the Rule Zero conversation, is controlling the power level of games. And yes, there are wildly uh, powerful cards that can warp games around mm-hmm. them, but most players are just willingly choosing to not play those in the interest of the playgroup. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Do you agree with my hot take? The Commander Rules Committee does a really good job. Look, I'm going to save that until I, uh, until I explain a little bit. Okay. I have a hang-up on the rules committee for one card and one card alone when uh-huh. referencing bans. Yeah. Lutri, Spell Chaser. Uh, yeah, you've brought it up in the ban list episode yep. a couple of times since. Yep. He never saw the light of day. My poor little otter that could have mm-hmm. gone in any deck that contains red and blue and be an extra free card in the 101st companion zone slot. Mm-hmm. Very bad. I actually think 
I still will die on this hill. Maybe this is another hot take that Lutri could be unbanned because of with how, conditions, right? With well, the fact that companion has now changed. Oh, um, uh, the pay- paying three generic mana to yeah. put it in the in your hand. Like you can't just cast it for for mm-hmm. its mana cost from the companion zone like a commander could. Yeah. Um, it's very controversial opinion. I get maybe that's another hot take, a mm. sub hot take to this, but I have a really big hang up on their approach to that card in particular. I get why they did it because it was a free card. I understand all the reasons, mm-hmm. but the fact that it never got to see play, I think the the format of Commander does a really, really good job at balancing itself mm. because of the fact that it's a social game. For example, um, we spoke about a while ago how good the One Ring is mm-hmm. and how there is a bit of a call to get the One Ring banned yep. because it goes in every commander deck and it's very strong. And it, mm-hmm. like if you're playing CDH and you're not running the One Ring, you yeah. have to have a really good reason mm. not to run the One Ring in your commander deck. And if even you're if you're not CDH. running it, you're seeing it all the time. <laughs> yes, 100%. You're seeing it everywhere. And I think that the fact that it's everywhere in CDH but nowhere to be seen in casual is a good example of the fact that this format that we love self-regulates. And I think intervening sometimes can be a little bit damaging and like preemptively intervening. So like Lutri is a good example, but like right now, they're doing a great job. Mm. They are not pulling the trigger super quick on the one ring and banning it. They are not... Um, they were talking about, for instance, the new Elish Norn yeah. when that was printed about a year ago now. But Yeah, the one that doubles your ETBs and prevents stops your opponent's, opponents ETBs. Yeah, they, they, were talk- they were talking about that being a card that was on the... They were just looking at it. People but- freaked out and were like, oh my God, this is the kind of card they'd ban. That was like, they never said that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was the... You know, yeah. cards like that did not get banned before they were printed. And yeah. also, like, when Dockside got a huge reprint and was yep. everywhere, they were they like, said, we're watching we're Dockside. We're looking at it, yeah. And I think that right now they're doing a fantastic job of letting things run their course. I genuinely think that people playing Commander are wanting to have fun. Even mm. CDH players. Yeah. CDH players are looking for a different kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But, like, even they're looking for having great, like, a good time playing Commander. Yeah. And... If there's one card that's causing problems in casual mm-hmm. that is never being played in casual, yeah, very rarely being played, is it a problem? Is it a problem? Is it actually a problem? Yeah. Because when was the last time you saw the One Ring in a casual game? Yeah. It's, uh, well, when I cast it in my Azor the Lawbringer deck a little while ago. Oh, you put the One Ring in Azor? Yeah, I did. that's I mean, amazing. I, I yeah. got one in that pack. You know, you bought me the same yeah, card the scene thing. Cards, yeah, the same cards, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like, it's, you know, they unbanned Worldfire. Semi recently, that was a few months ago now. Yeah. I'm yet to see it. No, I've not game. seen anyone play it. I think they understandably were like, look, it's a weird tool. If you can find a way to win with it, props to you. The rest of us are just probably not going to play that card. And also, if you're pod, if you're playgroup, this is the thing about like the rules committee talk a lot about trusted pods. Mm. And I think we don't give enough credit to the fact that we should be playing in trusted pods most of the time, I think. Well, I think they, the assumption behind the way they run Commander is that most people play in trusted pods, so it's hard for them to police 
how... Because the thing is, you need the rules the most in untrusted pods. Yes, that's right? where the bands are really relevant. But it's tough because most commander is played in trusted pods. So they're kind of walking this line of being like, we know most of you are playing in regular playgroups where you might have Stol Ring Band at your table or you might yep. have, you know, a mulligan rule that you use. That's totally fine. But also this band list and this philosophy document has to match that there are untrusted pods out there that need a ban list. And know? like now that we go to like more commander events and for for firstly, Melbourne, Australia is getting events that we can play commander <laughs> finally. at. Finally. Um, I think that it's going to become more important to us than ever before. Like mm. I really want to hear from American listeners if you feel that in America or in England or in Scotland, wherever you are, that your experience playing commander is more dictated by the rules committee because you're playing with more untrusted pods, like more, Mm. more randoms. Because I think that in Australia where we're, we don't have, you know, command or magic con or command Mm. fest or even like major tournament play where there is a commander zone on the side. Well, or like in Melbourne, where if you're talking about which game store you're going to go to, there are like four options and two of them are probably so far away that they're not even options at all. Yeah. Like you know we- what I mean? Like someone will be like, oh, I don't play Commander at Good Games. And you can be like, oh, is it Maze of Fitzroy? Yeah. Like, is or it is plenty it of plenty games? games in the CBD? Or is it Box Hill? There's like the four options, yeah. you know? If you come to Melbourne, um, we're most likely at Good Games in Greensboro. Yeah. Uh, but you can get us sometimes at plenty of games in Melbourne. But Very like, rarely. that's it. They're the pods. They're the places we go. So yeah. we know but yeah, all I'm, the people there. Yeah, I'm with you, though. I agree. I want to hear if, if that's your experience in other places. Do you play mostly in trusted pods the way that the rules committee assumes that we are doing? Mm. Or are you playing mostly in untrusted pods? I guess it'll depend on the person. Like, I remember seeing um, when I wrote one of my articles for the Commander's Herald uh, and I, you have, you posted like a Reddit discussion post and someone was talking about how they um, never... Oh, they they only have one deck? Full one stop. One deck? They've been playing like five years or something. They only have the one Commander deck. Um, and I was like, don't you struggle like adju- adjusting power level depending on who you're playing with? And he was like, no, I, um, I'm in the military and I play in a different like state every other week. Wow. <laughs> but it's funny because my mind immediately was like, you are having a problem with power level. You're just not hearing about it because you leave the state before <laughs> it becomes a problem. There's no way you're like one extremely high powered and tuned deck is always fine at a game store. But anyway, I don't How rest. often do you win? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think on the whole, the rules committee do a good job. Okay. So absolute power is what they were asking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have the power to make the com- commander rules committee indestructible forever... Like the same people, the same way they're running it. No changes from here in terms of how they run the rules committee. I think I'd say yes. Yes? Question mark? I I don't think I'd change anything about it. No. So so if we're making the commander rules committee indestructible, yes? Yes. Yes. I think so, yeah. Okay. A a soft yes. A soft yes. (laughs) With our absolute power. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll put a caveat to my soft yes Mm -hmm. if I get nominated for an advisory role. (laughs) Commander advisory group. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be on the CAG. (laughs) The CAG, yeah. Um, If anyone out there has any idea of how that happens, (laughs) you can email us at getcommanded at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, Let us know. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm, okay. I'm actually kind of sad the fact that saying that they're doing a good job is a hot take because I, I feel like so many people are so quick to criticize yeah. a small group of people yeah. that are doing their best to regulate a firstly un 
officially relegated format of yeah. Magic by yeah. Wizards. Yeah. And it's they are just doing it for the best of for everyone. Yeah. They're, they're like trying their best. Don't be dicks to the rules committee. They're yeah. great people. I think like the, the crucial thing there is like, do we imagine that a different group of people could do any better? And the answer to that is like, not really, you know? That's the most important thing is it's like, people are like, the Commander Rules Committee doesn't do things the way that I would want them to be done. It's like, cool. Imagine that you and your six friends created a format and now you manage a format for the rest of the world. Yeah. It's wildly and there popular. And there are thousands and thousands of people playing it. Yeah. Do you think you would do a better job than those people? And no. I would hazard a guess that 95% of us are no. Wouldn't would be not capable, be better no. than, than them. I'll tell you what. So soft, yes, making them indestructible. But uh-huh. like, if they did something completely out of pocket. Yeah, we change our mind. Yeah, we change our mind. It's, we're it's we're not talking like, for right now. Yeah, right now, all good. Cool. All, uh, right. L- all right, your turn. Hot take. Give me a hot take. All right, hot take. Um, okay, this is one I've been thinking about for a while. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people might go, that will never work. That will never happen. Okay. But I am not opposed to a Wizards ran, like Wizards of the Coast running this, Commander Tournament. Whoa. Okay. Um, I think that there's a couple of things about this that have to happen. Mm-hmm. Firstly, it has to be CEDH, in my opinion. Well, yeah. If it's a competitive tournament, then there's yeah. no other way you can run it. Like There either has to be CEDH or there has to be some kind of insane budget restriction but budget is so mm. hard to cap because it fluctuates and even then you would just be playing budget cdh yeah which exists just, like yeah. you know there are budget cdh Eurico decks that still can win on turn five yeah and stuff. hundred dollar decks that win on terms it's yeah. insanity but like i think the other thing that would have to happen is it would have to be a tournament for spectators not for players like when i'm saying right. the tournament would have to be like the olympics do you okay. know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's not everyone can enter the Olympics. No. Like, I, I go for runs. I run. But I'm not going to enter the... Like, I'm not going to go to tryouts for the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, a- like, Olympic athletes are the peak of physical human conditioning. Okay. And they are the best at what they do. And they are, like, you know, top of the line, mm-hmm. best of the best. Yeah, yeah. There are people in the CDH world that are considered... The best of the best. Like, there are mm. tournament winners that are very well known. Um, you know, even, like, you know, Dylan and Cam from Play Play to Win. Yep. Like, you know, these guys that are very well established in Commander from a competitive analytical angle and mm. aren't just in it for fun. Yeah. I know that sounds dumb compared to what no, I just literally fair. just said, so but, like... We're talking about a competitive tournament. This makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have to be, like, a... T- streamed event. I was about to say televised, but who mm. watches TV anymore? <laughs> it would have to be a thing that's like a huge international friendly tournament where, you know, you've got the likes of Cam, like the Spike Feeders, mm. you know, Post Malone making an appearance playing CDH. Like mm. I'm talking like it would, I think it ha- it would be something that's like for the spectators. Okay. Like so, if you so wanted you- to try and qualify, I guess there could be something like that. But I think that it's a hot take because I think that people think that Commander can't be competitive, mm. but there are tournaments out there and there are tournaments okay. right now that are getting good. I... I- I want to pick your brains a little bit here because I think there's... I can see two different ideas here. Mm -hmm. One is like a Commander Pro Tour event, which is like... That would be... Like, to me, that's the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like... Well, yeah, that is a Pro Tour, yeah. There'd be a qualifier. There'd be like a, you know, best of eight... uh, 
uh, eight bracket, you know, like that kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know, double elimination, whatever format they chose, like that would be like a pro tour, but commander. Yep. But then I think you've also got this thing of like it being spectator, like having content creators and post Malone and stuff. Mm-hmm. That sounds to me more like what um, game nights do with the game nights live game stuff. Nights live. Yeah. So, but I guess if it's Wizards sanctioned, I don't know. I, I guess to me, if I imagine Wizards is running a commander tournament, I can only think of that in the sense that it is a pro tour. A pro tour thing. What do you think? I, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a hot take, so it's not well thought through. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what a whole hot take hot is, right? <laughs> I think that. I think that I could see it being a qualifier. You have to enter and stuff like that. Okay. But the problem with it is if it's a wizard sanctioned thing, proxies wouldn't be allowed. And that's ah. a really big problem for CDH specifically. Yeah. There's just like, if you ran a pro tour scale event, there are probably not enough copies of um, Mox Diamond that exist. Yes. You know, like, yeah. and I th- for how many people would enter that tournament. And I think naturally what would happen is you would only get the people that actually have yeah. the cards playing in these tournaments. Which is not what you want. Which yeah. is no, no, oh, but this is the thing. I kind of would want that. I would want right. to see like a very high scale, real as it gets thing. Um, kind, I yeah. Look, okay. If we had absolute power, uh-huh. and we were we were on the the committee of Pro Tour at Wizards of the Coast. Okay, so we're like, are we going to green light a CDH tournament? Tomorrow it, or the, next week. That runs alongside, you know, the modern Pro Tour. Okay, so the yeah, Pro Tour, it's happening next week. We're going to make it so there's a CDH tournament that's happening. Would we do it? Probably not. Okay. I, I feel... I know I, I had the hot take. I feel so weird to say, but I think that if I was on that advisory board of like, do I green light a CDH tournament? I think it would get so much backlash that it would be so bad for Wizards. Right. um, Because you are basically price locking people out of this tournament. Yeah. Like, I think the thing about, like, Magic is that it is a a, a pretty close to a pay to win thing. It's like, specifically, like, modern and, you Mm. know, standard even. It's any way that you play that's not proxied, right? Like, it's just you have to pay a certain amount for the cards. Yeah. Yeah. And well, also like, you know, if the, if the top of the meta, if, if the scientifically backed proven deck is $600 in standard yeah. Yeah. and you're not playing that deck, you're not playing the top of the meta. No. It, but like at the same way, sometimes in standard, the best deck is, you know, bucks 24 something. mountains and a bunch of burn yeah, spells. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like that kind of, that's very affordable standard. Mm. But CDH, we know what CDH costs. Yeah, I the mean, the average of- deck is going to be three grand and some of them are going to be more like five or six grand. I think the top of CDH meta right now is coming in at like maybe some like four color decks, most mm-hmm. probably oh, still- yeah. all the dual lands that you need. Yeah, still Kenrith, still Najila yeah, would sit yeah. at the top of competitive formats. Um, even like some Sans Blue partners, like yep. um, I know Blood Pod or Tim Natana isn't probably the top of the meta, but mm. like, you know, those decks are very expensive, 10 plus thousand dollars. Yeah. I think it would just be impossible to actually make happen. Okay. But I would like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my no, hot take. I, I think it. it'd be sick. You'd, you'd like to see it. I respect the, that. The reason why I'm also saying no is that there are already um, CDH tournaments that are proxy friendly mm-hmm. that are happening around the world all the time. Um, specifically, you can join us on our 
um, Twitch stream. Yeah. Um, on what date I is it? I will pull it up get, on my phone. Get your calendar out. Just kidding. I know it off the top of my head. Delays. It's the 17th of February. 17th of February. We are going to be streaming on twitch.tv slash getcommanded. Yep. The Dockside Debacle 3, yeah. which will be all day spent with Walt and I in a stream watching CDH and commentating and seeing how it all progresses to the grand final. If you think that me and James in the podcast studio today on hour three of recording are a bit unhinged, wait till you see hour seven of streaming a oh, <laughs> of the tournament. Just, I want um, there to be like a weird count in the corner of our stream of how many energy drinks James drinks throughout <laughs> the day. Oh God, I, I would hazard a guess that it would be- Heart attack level. Would kill me. Yeah, yeah it would kill me that amount. What about you? Do you reckon you would green light something like that? No, I'm with yeah. you. The, so the, the drawbacks are there and they're too big. I agree that it would be cool to see. Like, yeah, if 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 it was possible that you could either like give everyone who wanted to enter all the cards they needed in whatever way that was that wasn't proxies or yeah, wizards like allows proxies like in whatever way that mm. it could happen that would dodge that main problem of the price, I would want to see it. But in the world that we actually live in, yeah, unfortunately, it's just, it's just not there. It's just not possible. But like, nah. um, I encourage people to engage with competitive commander. Um, CDH is something I'm really getting more involved in yep. and especially like competitive magic I think that it's just we've spent the last good amount of years without competitive magic and I think competitive magic is at the core of all even though commander and casual commander is the like most popular way to play right now mm-hmm. there is something in the core of magic the gathering at a whole that is competitive mm. and I think it's enjoyable and I think we should support competitive magic even if it's a off the record against wizards uh cdh tournament (laughs) that get commanded stream yep i'm with you but that brings me to my next hot take go on it goes a little against what you just said uh my hot take that's not so hot is commander being the most popular way to play magic is a good thing Oh, this is... I, okay, I would consider this a lukewarm take. I respect that. Because I think that there are, like, lots of people who would agree with you. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people that would shoot you dead oh, yeah. for saying that Commander is the best thing for magic. Yeah, I respect that. But for me, like, I think I think often about the reason that Commander is the most popular way to play magic at the moment... I think there's a few reasons. I think rotation of cards is one. I think eternal formats are really popular for this reason, that you don't have to replace your cards all the time. Build a deck, it's done forever. Um, But I think the main thing is that Commander, more than any other format, IMO, I know there's other multiplayer formats, but it emphasizes the gathering part of Magic. Yeah. It's casual, it's social, it requires four players to play properly. I think it's what Richard Garfield originally wanted. People around a kitchen table having fun. There's a reason that the earliest magic cards look kind of like Monopoly cards. And it's because (laughs) it was sort of supposed to emulate... I know it became competitive and he was aware of that and liked that. But, like, I think it was... It was sort of a board game, you know, in that way that people play Go Fish, but with more steps is Magic the Gathering. But, look, I think it's popular because it's just a really great way... To spend time with your friends. Like, Walt and I wouldn't spend many hours no. of our weeks playing the game and writing articles and writing yeah. podcasts and editing videos for it if we didn't love it this no. much. No, I, I, I can't think of many things you can do that force four people to get together, sit at a table and talk that don't involve alcohol. <laughs> Especially at our age. Yeah. Especially like, at our age. But it, the, 
every age group can play Commander. Like it's a 12 plus game. Yep. I don't know. I just, I think that 1v1 Magic doesn't quite capture that same board game around the table feel, especially competitive 1v1 Magic. And I think, you know, look at the the sort of rising star of Commander gameplay content. We've talked about them before. Commander at Home. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely sick. massive on YouTube, getting more and more popular by the day. I just today was watching a video of theirs and saw that the comments were like, I used to love watching, I won't, slander anyone gameplay content this channel and commander at home is now my favorite and the main one that i watch and honestly i'm the same because it captures the feeling of four friends being around a table joking around and the game is secondary you know i love this i actually yeah i agree with with this i have a a sub hot take oh hot take 2.1 yeah that's it (laughs) um i think that learning magic through playing commander is fine not saying it's optimal, but okay. I'm saying it's fine. I think it's important that people start playing a game in a low stakes, fun based, and in the case of Magic, paper environment. I think it's very important that people get their hands on the cards and get around a kitchen table as soon as possible. And I think Commander is perfect for teaching that because you can't really play it very well on MTGO and certainly not on Arena. And you definitely can't play it when you're thrown into a game store and the LGS owner is like, right, these are your seating positions for the limited environment. Please yeah. sit down. Now you have to draft. And you're no. like, how? what do I draft? What, how do, what, yeah. what do I pick? And there's someone next to you going, I'm not going to tell you how because now you're going to pass me good cards. Yeah. Like, or like going to your local standard tournament and pulling out a store-bought deck that you bought and it's like, hey, cool deck. Um, that card's banned now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So four cards in your in your store-bought deck don't work anymore. Um, it's a very sub-niche example. But, you know, like buying a standard deck and going to a standard event and getting absolutely obliterated, I don't think is the best way to learn a game. No, it definitely won't bring new players back. No. But even if you lose and play Commander and you have a really good time, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, what, uh, do you agree with my commander being the most popular way to play magic is a good thing and my sub take learning magic through commander is fine? Yes, I agree with the first okay. uh, about how commander being the most popular way to play is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to fully agree to your sub take and okay. I'll explain why in my next right. hot take. All right, I respect um, it. Okay, so then absolute y- power? Yeah, so uh, what's our absolute power question here? Do we make it... Okay, this is real absolute power now. This is like God-level stuff. Do we make it so that Commander remains the most popular format for all time? Yes. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying yes. If I had... Yeah, I would straight up be like, even if someone was like, oh, I figured out this new way to play. It's super cheap. It's multiplayer and all this kind of stuff. But it, it differs to Commander in this way. Nah, fuck you. Commander's yeah. still amazing. Because yep. Commander covers everything. You can build yep. budget decks. You, you can, can build, build competitive. You, you can, can play with, with friends. You can play with strangers. Yep. It's Fuck, this format is so good. It's so good. We should start a podcast about it. <laughs> Would you guys listen to that? <laughs> I, I guess the caveat I want to put here, because I realize this is the spot we're being shoehorned into, is assuming Commander... Because Commander is run by a small group of people. We said we trust them and like them. Yeah. But let's was... say that some despot becomes the leader of the Commander Rules Committee and changes all the rules and makes it so that now, in order to cast a spell, you have to spin around four times and say, eat me, eat me, eat my butt! Um, then I wouldn't like Commander to be the most popular way to play Magic anymore. I don't know, I might still play it. <laughs> <laughs> so, absolute power. Yes, we're making Commander right. a popular point for all time, assuming that Commander remains what Commander is. Fuck yeah, yeah, don't, no. Don't kill us in the comment section. 
That's what this episode's about. Yeah. Man. We, come at us. Okay. If you don't agree with our hot Fine. takes, come at us. Come at us. I, I, we, should have, we should have spun around four times and said, eat my butt, eat my butt, eat my butt <laughs> instead. I'm, that's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I just, people are going to commission art for that. Oh, don't. No, you can't say that. Now they will. <laughs> All right. Sorry. My next yep. hot take. We'll do hot one take. more and then we'll have a break because okay. I'm, getting, I'm getting hot under the collar yeah. with this. Um, Sounds good. Now, I referenced a second ago that um, learning to play magic through Commander, well, that was your subtake, was uh-huh. fine. You, dis- you disagreed with that? I'm going to take it one step further. My hot take is Commander is the worst way to learn how to play Magic the Gathering. Ooh. The worst. Okay. Um, it's a pretty big hot take um, in terms of following on from what you just said. <laughs> and the fact that I even supported you saying, like, it's fun, it's low stakes and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which you are totally right. Mm-hmm. It is low stakes. Learning how to play in an environment, like, uh, you know, in a game store and all that kind of stuff is terrifying. Mm. However, there are so many variables about Commander that make it just objectively worse to Mm -hmm. learn for example our card pool is the biggest card pool yep our card structure is singleton Mm -hmm. our deck variance is more varied than like colors of the friggin rainbow like it's it it, the game is different every single time you Mm. play it and that for an experienced player is fun. That's why we play Commander, right? We're mm-hmm. looking for this. We want variance. We want randomness and all this kind of stuff. But in my opinion, if you are brand new and if you've got mates, like for example, I've had friends that are like, what's this hobby about Magic the Gathering that you're getting into Commander? I should learn it. I never, never, ever, ever have asked a mate to sit down and play Commander with me for the first time. Mm. I always, always point them in the direction of Magic the Gathering Arena first. Yeah. Okay. I, (laughs) weirdly, I actually agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) So, so your your hot take last time was that- I know. I want to explain the nuance of my position. I completely agree that the most optimal way to learn magic is the arena tutorial. We said that in our new players episode. Yes. I can still stand behind that and endorse that. It's the most optimal. However, I think so many people get hung up on like, no, people shouldn't learn magic through commander. Like they're so staunchly against it that they forget that people are doing it every day. Like, I learned yeah. most of my magic rules through playing Commander. That's I played, true. We fumbled through it together for a through long it. time. We made a lot of things, got a lot of things wrong, yeah. misinterpreted rules, misinterpreted how the stack There was works. once upon a time where we thought Commander damage could be dealt by the Commander in any way. Like non-combat damage. So, so for example, I was playing Niv-Mizzet Perun, <laughs> and I thought if I drew 21 cards and hit Walt 21 times- I'd lose the game. Yeah. We were wrong. We were very wrong. So wrong. But, like, I, so the nuance of my position is- is yeah your spot is is commander is the worst way to learn how to play magic the gathering i agree with you yes however yes. however i will say that my subtake before i still also stand by which is that it's fine yes. to learn how to play magic through commander it's yes it's suboptimal it's still an okay way to do it and i want to acknowledge that there are people where the thing that draws them to magic more than anything else is the socializing. Yeah. Okay. And Magic the Gathering Arena will teach you the mechanics of magic so, so well and so efficiently, especially the tutorial, but it will not teach you 
socialising. Yeah. It will not teach you how to table politic. And yeah. it will not let you sit at a kitchen table with your mates and laugh at the mistakes that you make. Okay. I concede that Commander is a fine way to learn because, to be fair... I kind of learned through that yep. as well. Like I started playing limited. I started playing standard. That mm. was my birthplace of magic. But yep. I very quickly jumped into commander. Mm-hmm. I I concede to that. But okay. I'm glad that we both agree that it is the worst way to learn. <laughs> we can acknowledge it because we did it. Yeah. You know, like we're like, we know it's a bad way to do it. Just but to we learn did the it. simple mechanics, yeah. like just to learn how to tap for mana, yeah. what trample means, all that kind of stuff. And not being bombarded with like, oh, I'm playing against a foretell deck. Yeah. What the hell is a foretell deck? Can I counterspell a foretell card? I'm going to regenerate my commander. What does that mean? What does that I- do? Going, Who are you? Where I cast, am I? <laughs> I cast swords. What is swords? What is swords? Uh, is it you, an equipment? I learned me? about equipment the other day. Is that is is swords to plowshares an equipment? <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm glad we both agree. Uh-huh. But absolute the space power. commanders want us with absolute power. So would we? Okay. I'm gonna put it like if we had absolute power, would we force everyone that wanted to play commander? to have to prove before they sit down at a commander table that they've completed the arena tutorial. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, you know, showing your ID at a club. You have to like to walk into a commander night. You have to like show that you've completed the arena tutorial. I'm imagining it more like in primary school when they give you a pen license. <laughs> Congrats. You can now write with a pen. Yeah, you've learned how to tap lands. Welcome to commander. Um, No, no, I'm not going to force every new player to play arena. But I will continue to recommend that they do it first. Yeah, I I am in a similar spot. No way am I going to force someone to 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 enjoy the game the way I think they should approach enjoying the game. Yeah, I tell you what though, if I did have absolute power, Mm -hmm. I would bring like multiplayer. I know that I think this is something everyone wants. I would bring multiplayer to Arena, Mm -hmm. um, so people can learn the tutorial on Arena and play with people on Discord and learn the mechanics in a way that, like, you know, you drag a card up, it automatically taps your lands. You don't have to think about Mm. too much. Like, so basically, you you would want the commander card pool. On you've got absolute power. Yes. Would you create the entire commander card pool on <sighs> Arena, make it so that you can queue casual games with your friends, play commander 1, on Arena? Thousand percent. That would be the Fair. coolest thing. But look, even if I had absolute power, like god level powers, uh-huh. that I could port every single card that's legal in Commander into Arena, which by the way, wizards have said is very difficult. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a reason there's like cards from like, you know, uh, recent-ish sets like yes. 2017, 16 that are like not in arena yeah. because it's like we have to code that that has to work yeah. the way it does in paper. Sideline loving timeless at the moment. Yeah. Timeless is a sick format. Respect. Um, what I would do though in uh-huh. a realistic world where I had absolute power is I would make brawl multiplayer. I would ah. find a way to get brawl on arena four player. That's so what I try and do. Brawl for those who may not know <laughs> was Wizards foray at trying to supplant Commander, I think. It was basically um Commander except you had to use the standard ban list and rotation. So you can play yep. only standard legal cards. Um, but then you have a commander in the command zone. Every other aspect of the game works exactly like it does in Commander, yep. except that it's a 1v1 format that uses the standard ban list. And 60 card minimum deck, not 100 yep. card minimum. And you can have multiple copies of a card, right? It's not singleton. Uh, I think? No? 
I have not played this Brawl on Arena in ages. This is how popular Brawl is. Yeah, I, I did play the Brawl tournament that was held at our local game store when the Throne of Eldraine set came out. I that played, was, Well, that was the beginning of yeah, Brawl, wasn't it? I played Hullen and was playing into people that were playing Corvold before everyone realized what the fuck Corvold can do. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure. I actually have no idea. 60 card singleton. Single, 60 card singleton. So you can't yep. have so multiple So it is cards. exactly like Commander. Yep. It's just 60 cards. 1v1, and it uses the standard ban list. The reason I hesitated on whether you could have multiple is because I remember as part of the tournament that my LGS held was that when you won a game, you could open a pack and you could put cards from that pack into oh, your deck. And you I think- told me about this. Yeah, it was a really interesting tournament. I'm yeah. not sure if they ran it the same globally or if I wasn't super, you know- Involved in the competitive scene mm-hmm. at, the, at that time, but it was really fun. Yeah, Throne of Eldrain limited and like the closed environment of yeah. Throne of Eldrain was amazing. Yeah, I we, really we know it broke standard. Don't yeah. hate us, but <laughs> I'm not making a hot take that Throne of Eldrain and Theros Beyond Death <laughs> were the best periods of standard. No, that is not a hot take. I'm no. willing to make. <laughs> you won't die on that hill. Um, that's that's four hot takes. That seems like a fair for you to start with. I reckon right. we better take a thrifty interlude. A so thrifty got, interlude, yeah. like a, a break from hot takes. So this mm. is like the 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 plunge pool, the ice bath. <laughs> we're having an ice bath. We're gonna be cool. And you're this. invited. And Come we're on in. All- no, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Uh, leaving that completely you behind. reversed so hard. Just I then. was, was just like, I don't want that on the record. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. And as a tradition, I will be performing a monologue. And this week, the card is brought to life in monologue form from the perspective of someone in the card. James, would you like to read the card I'm featuring this week? I sure would. And I know exactly what this card does because I think it's in every single one of your white decks. <laughs> um, it's Rumor Gatherer. For one white and a white, you'll get a Elf Wizard 2-1 that has Alliance. When another creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. If this is the second time this ability is resolved this turn, draw a card instead. I've known about your father's foot odor jars for years, of course, like everyone else, I'm sure. I don't see why you should be so shocked. I know a little something about everyone. That wasn't even the most shocking thing I heard that day. Now let's think, what else did I hear on the grapevine? Well, there was Nico Bolas's favorite variety of tea, but everyone and their sister knows about Ruibos. Jace's birth name, now there was a tough nut to crack. Hmm, the peephole over Sarah's bath, Will and Rowan's real parents, when Squee will die. Now that's all just old, old news. Ah, of course, how could I forget? I know where Garrick is, and more importantly, I know where he gets his hair cut. (laughs) Oh, forgive me, I have spoken incorrectly. I know what he asks for when he gets his hair cut. Cut. Let me tell you, I'd wear a helmet all day myself if I willingly subjected myself to that. Get budgeted! budgeted. 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 The people over Sarah's bath. <laughs> Everyone wants to know about that. Every- that's a rumor that's been going around the plains for years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's. It seems more like something people are like trying to find. That seems more like 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 the lost city of El Dorado. The people over the people Sarah's, over Sarah's <laughs> bath. Um, you can see those in text form when they're released every Thursday in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is where me and James hang out. There's a Thrifty Thursdays channel, and every Thursday. 
Thursday, one of those comes out. It's good fun. Yeah, and you can also hear rumours about uh, Will and Rowan's real parents. Yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> rumours are rumours for a reason, but this card is a banger. This goes in any token deck. It's this so good. so good. If you're pumping out two creatures a turn, you're drawing an extra card with a little bit of card advantage on yeah. top. It's good. It's like very, very easy in the right deck to scry one and draw a card every turn. And keep in mind, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth times this happens, you, you still, still scry, scry one. Yeah. You only draw the one time, but you're still scrying. So you still sift through a good ch- chunk of your deck. Yeah. You yep. play this in Reese, don't you? I have it in Reese, and I think I'm... In Marchesa as well, I think? I'm not sure if I have it in Marchesa. Might not be goth enough. No, it's not goth enough yeah. to fit the goth vibes, but it's definitely in Reese, and it is amazing goths don't gossip <laughs> you heard it here first folks goths don't gossip all right should we get back let's in get to back some into... spicy spicy hot takes let's do some hot takes i think it was my turn yeah yep. yeah your turn uh this is a simple one no more free spells what as in like your hot take is never print another free spell again yep yep and i'll be specific here they keep on printing cards that are basically free. Obviously, the famous ones of this is the free spells that came out in Commander 2020. Flawless so Maneuver, Fierce Guardianship yeah. is the, the best one. The Deflecting free SWAT is the red one. I remembered yep. it this time. Nice. Last time we spoke about this, everyone gave me shit because I couldn't remember the red one. It's Deflecting SWAT. It's Deflecting SWAT. Deadly Rollick is an outstanding removal spell that costs nothing. But Probably. even the worst ones in that cycle, like Obscuring Haze and, and Flawless Maneuver. Flawless Maneuver is you can't board one. At me, yep. I, my stuff gains indestructible. Instant speed protection. Obscuring for free. haze is a free fog. Prevents all combat damage as well that would be dealt by creatures your opponents control. So People you can still this. block. Yeah, it's not a fog because fog effects just say no combat damage is dealt. This says only fog your opponent's creatures. You can block and kill your opponent's entire board wow. and not take a single point of damage. That's like a free arachnogenesis kind of. Like, yeah, it it's arachnogenesis. It's, that's, straight up. This card is better than I remember it being. It's so good. I have seen it in your Mo deck a few times and it's cracked. It's so good there. Look, like they have are printing more and more of them um obviously the convoke was in standard sets recently they printed clever concealment this is my least favorite recent one faces out your entire board has convoke if you have four creatures one of them's white cool you could never be board wiped you just yep. phase out your whole board uh pile on is a removal spell that also lets you surveil has convoke for th- it's three in a black lethal scheme also three in a black uh destroys a creature and connives has convoke um i'm just tired of them and look like you, every time you're describing magic, you say magic is a resource management game. I do. Yes, yeah. you are managing the spell itself, the card in your hand that is this spell. It just completely circumnavigates the fact that you actually need to plan your turns with mana. It's just like, nope, you can tap out completely. And as long as you have that spell in your hand, you're safe. I just find it really boring. Okay. I find most spells like this, like Teferi's Protection, I think is boring. But at least you actually have to pay for it. You know, you have three to, mana. Like yeah. you need to like anticipate... Three mana being held on like sandbags yeah. to be able to cast it on your turn. Whereas Flawless Maneuver is just like, I can use every bit of resource I have, but still have Fierce Guardianship in my hand. Yeah. And like the thing is, 
as well, re resources are managed in, in Magic and most of them are more fun when you can see them, right? You can see cards in yeah. library. You can see cards in graveyard. You can see the number of cards in someone's hand. You can see how much mana they have open. Yeah, two open islands yeah, might be a counterspell. could be a counterspell. Yeah. Someone's got three open mana, one of them it's white. It could be Teferi's Protection. We it's know part that, of the fun. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah it's, it's important to me. And I just, yeah, like even the bad ones. Like, yeah, Obscuring Haze in my Mowu deck makes my Mowu deck like so much stronger just by having that one card in it because now when I draw 15 cards in a turn which is feasible when you've got a 15-15 you draw cards equal to its power yep um I'm just keeping an obscuring haze in my turn. And now if I get to my next turn, I just win the game and I have the means to get to my next turn because I have a free fog. I just, I don't know. I find that every single deck that has one of these spells in it just makes the deck so much stronger and makes playing against it so much more boring. And look, like you can look at other formats. Modern has been ruined by evoke creatures. Really? Yeah. Rakdos scam. Rakdos scam. Um, completely Fury. ruined modern for however yep. long because of Fury and um, grief. Yep. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just think like leave the ones that are there. I'm not making an argument for banning them though. I wouldn't be a opposed to it. Just stop printing more of them. That's my thing. Don't print a single other free spell into commander. We have enough of them. They're already boring. We don't need any more. Ooh. Do you agree? <laughs> no. Okay. My, I fully respect and understand what you're saying in that like, we are getting some that are just objectively the right thing to put in your deck. Uh -huh. I think that's the problem. In my opinion, that's the, when it's like uh, auto include, that's when it's bad, right? Yeah. Like if you're, if you're playing blue and you are playing commander, uh -huh. why wouldn't you put in fierce guardianship? Besides in price, obviously. Besides price. Accessibility like, yeah. of cards and that kind of thing. That's a separate thing. But like, Price being no option. Yeah, power, power aside, price aside, you are probably wrong to not play yeah. fierce guardianship in most decks. Well, I mean, you should actually, a really good thing to look at here would be, I know we talked about it a bit this episode, but CDH. Yeah. Have a look at CDH. Look at all the free spells that CDH runs. Mm. Why? Because they're very strong. Yeah. Every blue deck will have a force of will in it. Yeah. Okay. Some might not, but yes. a good chunk of a them good will. A good chunk of them, pretty much 99% of them will have force of will, fierce yep. guardianship. Yep. Some of them um, will have pact of negation. Force of negation. Yeah. yeah. Like these, the reason these cards are so strong is because they're so good. So the reason I'm disagreeing with you and saying, I would have more free spells printed is because I would say that we are happy to have more free spells, but free spells that are worse than the ones that we currently have. Okay. So like, I don't think it's the free spells that are bad. I think right. it's, I think it's what they're doing. Personally. So like for you, so for instance, um, in, uh, brothers war, not brothers war, the multiversal one of those ones. <laughs> one of Probably the ones the, from the March of the Machine timeline that we I, all forgot about the story because it was not that I good. I know, not that good. But the um, transcendent message. This oh, is the convoke blue draw. Yep, blue, 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 X, draw X cards, has convoke. You can tap your whole board out. And if you've got 10 creatures, you might draw six cards. You're cool with spells like that. I'm super hot on that card. Okay, I'm that's super fair. hot on that card. That's fair. I'm, I don't find Transcendent Message level cards a problem in my games. Yeah, and I also think that it's like, what is Transcendent Message? Blue, 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 blue? Is it four, four blue. blue? Yeah. That's a lot of blue. Yeah. You have to have four blue creatures to mm. be able to tap into it before You're not playing you start that drawing in like cards. A three color token deck. Yeah, it, it goes in a very specific type of deck, gotcha. right? Very yeah. specific type of deck. And I think that. 
it's not it's not the fact that spells can be free or virtually free with convoke mm-hmm. or like by pitching a card or maybe even like if some new cards came out as like or you can discard your hand instead of paying the mana cost mm. like some really big downsides or like versions of free effects that like you know get you to pitch a card or something like that it's what they do mm. and i think the problem is what they do not the fact that they're free i think right, having so- free interaction and even free, like, stuff to do in Commander is good because then mm. you... It's still a resource management game. Like, for mm-hmm. example, like, with the blue creatures for Transcendent Message, yeah. they have to be untapped. Yeah. So you, you have, have to, to not attack maybe that yep. turn. You might have to make sure that if you attack, you leave your blue creatures open. Mm-hmm. Okay, I respect that. I. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. We're so coming to a point now where we have ascended to... The level of Gavin Verhey and Mark Rosewater uh-huh. so themselves. We're in, we're in R&D, R&D at Wizards of the Coast, at, in the Magic the Gathering. Do we want to force R&D to never print a free spell again? If it's up to me, you make a compelling argument. I'm still going to say yes. Right. I'm happy to not see any more of them. So you would you would want to never see Convoke again. Because oh. Convoke is one of the ones you're using as an example of... Or evoke, even um, like evoke, exile a card from your hand. Like I that's would an have, alternate casting cost uh, that makes things free. I guess it's a. It, it would depend what we're defining as a free spell. Okay. I would. I would say nothing like fierce guardianship in that cycle again. Uh huh. I. I think I'd be happy to see. I don't want to see convoke spells that are so easy they're basically free. So, for instance, like the um, clever concealment. Mm-hmm. I'd be. Ha- I don't want to ever see a card like that again. Don't want to see anything like Fierce Guardianship. I'm okay with Transcendent Message. So I guess I don't have quite as hard okay. line a stance as I might appear at first. I'm but glad yes, kind of changed your opinion. You, here. you shifted me a bit. I do like Convoke spells. I will point out that Sprout Swarm can be free, and it can be free well, with buyback. My argument is not banning them. My argument is to never print them again. So you're saying never print any more again? No, I'm yeah. happy to. I'm happy to see the back of them. I might make an exception for very high cost. Or difficult cost convoke spells, but otherwise, yes, stop them again. How about you? Mm, nah, I would, I would let R and D do its magic and find fun ways for free interaction to be a thing. Like maybe it's, um, I really like there. There was a cycle in Armenket that were like ridiculously undercosted spells, mm-hmm. but you skip your untap step. Oh, like um, Bontu's Last Reckoning or Bontu's whatever it is? Last Reckoning. It's one black and a black. Destroy, destroy all creatures. creatures. Lands you control don't untap. Yeah, I think it, it might even be lands specifically don't untap or yeah. might just skip your whole untap step. Uh-huh. Like Oketra's Last Moment is like you go back to your starting life total or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't untap. I would love a free spell that has a big downside like skip your untap step. Okay. Because then that's like a... okay. Or like, what? Maybe it's something like, if you cast this spell without paying its mana costs, skip your untap ah, step. So, so like, it's then, still manage- managing. You're going like, okay, I can go all in, but yeah. at this heavy cost, or I can pay the cost and let, have this happen. Let me have a crack at redesigning fierce guardianship. Okay. Two blue and a blue. Okay. Counter target non creature spell. Mm-hmm. You may cast this card without paying its mana cost. Mm-hmm. If you do, skip your untap step. <sighs> would that still see play? I think it would, because it was basically Pact of Negation. Really? 
Yeah, because you have to tap. F- yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't mana, be okay. ubiquitous the way that fierce guardianship is, but mm-hmm. it would still be like a okay. I'm going off. I'm comboing off in CDH. This is my last counter spell. Maybe if I sl- also slapped on the fierce, the force of negation text of if it's not your turn, you may play it without uh, paying its mana cost. Oh yeah, okay. Because then it's like then you then there's the game of like you have to think about either tapping out or holding up resources. Yeah, for it. I like that. Do, would you still have it that you have to control your commander? You're just happy to leave that behind completely. I'm happy to leave that behind. I also don't. I think it, I think yeah, it's fair the I'm way you described it. Yep. Yeah, cool. Okay. Wizard R and D, sign me up, yep. baby. Get James in R and D, and apparently everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your next hot take, James? Oh, it's coming up a lot this episode, but um. I want to talk a bit more about CDH. Okay. My hot take around CDH mm-hmm. is that casual players should play CDH and CDH players should play casual. Okay. I currently think there is a divide, mm-hmm. a a warring between factions yeah. of, oh, I'm a CDH player. I don't touch casual because power level is impossible to balance. It's mm. not. No. Um uh, or casual players being like, I don't like to play CDH because it's too competitive and sweaty. It's not. Mm. I think that there is like a very strong misconception about both in both camps. And look, most commander players that I know currently are playing both mm. and are enjoying both. And the reason why this is my hot take is because I've seen the positive effects of casual players trying CDH. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the positive effects of casual players, sorry, CDH players trying casual. Mm. The thing that I think this does is makes you really understand the difference between what competitive commander is and Mm. what casual commander is. I think it lets you look at especially... I think the the most common form of this... Well, actually, it goes both ways. People, like, yeah, staunch CDH players will be like, oh, casual games are just like battle cruiser and anything goes and there'll be 10 board wipes and i'll be sat there for years yeah i'll be and- there for four hours whatever and it's like well no the average casual game does not look like that but then casual players will turn around and be like oh cdh is just full of spikes you combo off on turn two and all this stuff and it's like no, no that's not what cdh looks like not. and actually and also the, t- the personality type is the one that i hear a lot about um mm, the spike thing yeah most of the cdh players i play with i love them yeah. I love them a bit. And they're well, the most casual. there's nothing wrong with being a spike. We, yeah. you've, you've described me as a spike several times before. Yeah, and you're I don't a spike play, in casual. <laughs> I play hardly any CDH. I just like to be extremely meticulous with building my decks and how I sequence my turns and stuff because that's just how I enjoy the game. But yeah. it doesn't ma- mean that I'm um, annoying to play against or like a stickler for the rules or like, you know, going to um, pull you up and tell you you untapped incorrectly. Like I'm not... That guy, yeah. but that's how people think of the word spike. It's not what the word has ever meant. No, they're just <laughs> optimizing is yeah. what the word I think about. With. Yeah, Look, and it's I'm, fun. It is. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I'm going to add a bit of a sub take uh, okay. to this, sub hot I take. I did it before. It's only fair. I want to say that the problem in this space mm-hmm. of like the divide between casual and CDH are certain types of players and play groups that keep pushing the power level of their casual decks. Mm. And I'm not saying that you can't play casual with Mana Crypt and with a Force of Will. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the second you include those, it's CDH. But the players that do keep pushing the the line between casual and competitive, Mm -hmm. I think they're creating a bit more of a problem than they realize. Because 
when they sit down at a pa- like an untrusted pod mm. with players that they've never played with before at a convention or a new game store yeah. or something yep their perception of power is so skewed mm. rule zero conversations are super challenging at the best of times but i think that Mana Crypt and Rhystic Study doesn't necessarily mean you're playing CDH, mm-hmm. but if you play enough of these cards in your deck and your deck is, you know, getting close to a CDH mm. database list, but it's it's not quite CDH because you still play this one goofy weird spell. Yeah. Screw it. 99 cards plus that one weird spell. If 99 cards are like the CDH level, yeah. you, you're pushing it. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that it's really hard to define the difference between really high powered casual play which is a thing and should exist Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that shouldn't exist but you need to understand the line yeah and i think the best way to do it is my original hot take which is i think all casual players should play cdh and all cdh players should play casual yeah i mean i think it's like you know people need to dive into the deep end so that when they stand outside the pool and look in the middle, they don't go like, oh my God, it's 10 meters deep there. Yeah. No, it's not. That's the middle of the pool. And likewise, people who uh, have climbed in the shallow end and are creeping, creeping, creeping towards the deep end and standing on the edge and being like, no, 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 I'm not in the deep end yet. I'm not in the deep end yet. It's only like like three meters down to where my feet hit the floor. (laughs) It's like, well, actually, you're pretty far from the edge of the pool back there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I, you're agreeing? You're agreeing with I this? I 100% agree. Nice. I, I am so glad that I took the plunge and placed a big proxy order and proxied up a CDH deck and just started playing. I was so playing. proud of you the day you did that. Because I was playing CDH before you were. For a decent chunk of time, yeah. And you... I was watching a lot of CDH, admittedly. I, yeah. I knew what I was getting into because I watched a lot of um, casually competitive. I watched, watched a lot of play to win. A lot of... Um, Wow. I'm a huge Play to Win fan at the moment. Who are the ones who do... Oh, I can't remember. There's another CDH channel that I was watching a lot of. Casually? No, I said casually competitive. Anyway, can't remember. Um, I was watching a lot of CDH content. I knew what the format was like, but yep. I was like, I should actually play this thing. And let, yeah, it gives you an appreciation for the way that some people approach deck building and and approach the game of playing commander yeah. where it's this like even approach politics yeah, yeah it's an extremely intricate puzzle and if you find the right piece then that's the satisfaction and stuff and yeah I, to be honest it actually and this is something that you can gain as well you can actually learn a lot about what you don't like yeah so actually playing cdh made me realize like okay i can appreciate this i like this I think I know that most of the time I want to be playing in mid to low power casual commander games. Where the decks cost a hundred bucks and they're yeah. playing really bizarre and my, cards. My and... budget brews are viable. I yeah. actually, once I start creeping to a certain spot in the power level spectrum, unless I'm playing an extremely busted commander, you can't really do it on a budget and you yeah. can't play those janky fun cards that you like because you're just literally limiting what your deck can do. Yeah, and you got to find the right pods for that. Yeah, and but... I'm so glad I played CDH and I'm so glad I still play CDH because it gives me an opportunity to be like, no, no, okay, let's actually just remember what the top of the format looks like for a little while because it lets you then be in the pool and when someone's like, oh, this is my deck, it's got a crypt in it, I usually win with an infinite combo, Um, this is my little area of the shallow end of the pool, I'm like, actually, uh, the pool goes another 50 metres that way and I'm (laughs) back there. Um, it helps. It helps to conceptualise. I like this swimming pool uh, (laughs) visualisation. So, okay. We have absolute power. Yep. Do we, again, this is a weird one. Do we force casual players? <laughs> we, do we like sit them down at a table, chain their feet to the floor and make them play a CDH game and give a CDH player a $50 commander deck and force them to play casual? I think at least once. 
Yeah, I'm actually of the same mind. I genuinely think if I had absolute power, I would, I would make, and especially some of the CDH players that I play with that are very anti-casual. Yeah. I'm like, just try it at least once now. Like, try it, and also try it in a really good environment. Mm. Try it in a environment where you're playing with friends, people you trust, people Mm -hmm. you know, and that you've had a really good Rule Zero discussion. Yep. Don't just like rock up to a convention, play with a bunch of untrusted pods and, and then conclude that casual sucks, which yes. I'm sure some of these people have done. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, try it once and you will. And honestly, if you're a CDH player, play someone's like really um, flavorful deck. Yeah. Because I think I think CDH players ju- hop into casual and go like, oh man, so many of these cards are suboptimal and kind of miss the forest for the trees. Like they're not seeing- Yeah, I love that expression. Yeah. The forest, for the, the forest trees. for the trees. And I, I think what they need to do is hop in and like, you know, pilot my bloody knight's deck where everything is a knight or a sword or a lance or armor mm. or like, you know, valorous stance. You know, it feels like a or knightly play battlefield. My, play my Tornos charge counters deck. Yeah. Like there are- Com- so many better artifacts that yeah. you could be comboing with. Play a deck that is a combo deck that doesn't go infinite. You know, yeah. like experience these different lenses people see the game through. And I think for CDH players, experience the way that people optimize in a way that doesn't look like what optimization looks like to you. Yeah, optimizing isn't always chuck a crypt in, get get a swords to plowshares, get a path to exile. People can optimize for flavor and, and optimize fun. for fun. Yeah, and optimize for like weirdness. And yeah, people people miss that. All right, CDH players, I do understand that we are about to. Get get blown out with DMs (laughs) saying how wrong we are. Mm. And look, I respect that if you have already tried casual and it's not for you, then that's fine. Because all all we're saying is try it once and you yeah. tried it once and you yeah. found out you hated it totally fine you can continue hating casual and not play it and yeah. play cdh for the rest of your life same thing with casual players if you've tried cdh and you you really didn't like it because mm. you played a six hour game with someone playing yashan and you just got <laughs> stacked out or, sorry about that by the way or someone was playing rogsai and adnorsed on turn one yeah like you know those uh, things can happen those things can happen and if you don't like that don't play it, but no. I think it's healthy to try. Yeah, and honestly, if you also haven't played casual in a long time or haven't played CDH in a long time, give it a fresh go yeah, as well because both your ideas have changed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So you might find that it's a, a better place for you now. All right. Oh, that was a good one. That, that is a good was, one. That was hot. That I was like spicy. that. Spicy. Very spicy. spicy. Takes. Um, my, <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe more spicy. Go on. I've said it on the on the podcast before. Infinite combos are, in brackets, usually oh, boring. Can... Yeah, I knew Infinite this. Infinite combos knew this one was coming. are boring. I've said the, the way I've phrased this on the podcast before is I don't like when the end of the game feels like it invalidates everything that happened before. Yep. So I enjoy that, you know, when you're playing a game of Commander, there's a give and take where people are trying to use their mana, their cards. We've already referred to this in this episode already. Mm-hmm. Trying to manage their mana, manage their cards, manage their life total, you know? Maybe I won't block that 15 and go to three if I think I can win on my next turn. Yep. Like, I like this give and take and most infinite combos that happen just kind of make for me everything that happened before that in the game completely irrelevant now that's just like why i generally don't like infinite combos however i did say they were boring (laughs) i want to be clear 
So many combo players think they're being really cool and different, and it's just the same combo cards again and again. <laughs> wow, you broke Freed from the Real. How yeah. cool. Good A two stuff, mana bro. producing creature and Freed from the Real. You're so independent and someone, so unique. Someone sees Squee get a new Squee gets spoiled and is like, hey guys, by the way, you can go infinite with food chain. It's like, yeah. Um, my mum went infinite with food chain in 1986. <laughs> like <I> d- <laughs> my mum went infinite with food chain. <laughs> Um, but, you know, like, in, you see the same payoffs. It's always Impact Tremors or Blood Artists yeah. or something. Someone does something with Counters, it's always Solemnity. Someone's doing something with Enchantments, it's always Starfield of Nyx. And it's sure. like, people, once you've seen a certain number of these, it's just like, okay, we get it. And I'm telling you as well, I know many people who've played a lot of combos. Most players who keep a deck, but like for a long amount of time and are playing combos, take them out because the people they're playing with and you yourself find them boring. When you win with the same infinite for the fifth time, completely exempting CDH from this, obviously. Yeah, this is a casual lens We're talking, this is a casual sure, one yeah. only in this. But like, if you are, yeah, if you play that same combo three, four times, I guarantee you will get bored of it eventually. Yeah, I don't think you can link board and CDH in the same sentence because it's not about boredom and that. No. It's about optimization. No, and like, you know, people will concede if the stacks player gets far enough in the lead, as they should. Yeah. Um, look, caveat here, um, I do have seen some like, complex combos and i'm going to define complex as four or more cards sure they're funny i find them funny if you can win with one of those and i've seen it coming three cards ago honestly good job props to you i don't even know how you do the things that you do but like (laughs) most of the infinite combos i'm being specific infinite combos yeah uh, i find boring and i would be happy to see them pretty much never again outside of cdh never wow that is that is a hot take that's Except like, for the four card ones, like okay. two, three card infinite combos, especially with like your commander being one of them. Just get them out of my games. I would happily never see them again. All right. That is that is a Vindaloo level curry spicy. <laughs> um, do do agree? I agree? No. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious why mm-hmm. I play them. Um, I play combos and like granted, I definitely make sure... That I do have decks that exclude combos. Mm-hmm. Um, You're also I, really good at highlighting them in rule zero. I want to yes. be really clear about that. I never get blindsided by a combo with you. And I also, something I've done for a while now is if I'm playing a combo and there's like, if you just remove one piece, it all falls apart and can't go infinite, mm. but the rest of the pieces are still synergy pieces. Mm-hmm. I can just flip it upside down and turn that card into a basic land. Yep. That's what I've been doing recently. Like, for example, the combo that I'm thinking specifically is in my Scorpion God deck. Mm-hmm. I run a combo. It's one of those ones that everyone's seen a million times before, but it's still three cards to work perfectly. It's um, Yorgmoth. Mm-hmm. Thrand Physician. Nest of Scarabs. Yep. This is the one where whenever a negative one counter um, is put onto a creature, you create... Oh, no. Whenever a creature with a negative one counter... On, on it, it dies, dies yeah. you create a 1-1 one, one insect. Yeah. So with Yorgmoth, you, uh, the third card is like an aristocrat, right? Uh, Something that gain you to, life. To end the game. Yeah, yeah, you can still loop that combo and have things die and just make infinite insects and kill a bunch of infinite insects. Except that you're using life to put the negative one Correct, counter on there. Correct, with Yorgmoth. So, so you, need, you kind of need the aristocrat there to, to go very far with it. But yeah, you can go 30 deep, for instance, yes. if and, you wanted to. And more importantly, you would finish the game if you mm. if you had an aristocrat that yes. dinged everyone yeah. for one that when then you're it going does, up on life and yeah. also everyone's going down on life yeah you win i run that in my scorpion god deck mm-hmm. the reason i think it's still fine my commander is not part of the win con yep all the pieces on their own are synergy pieces to my yep. deck they're not like it's not um 
I used to have like a Woodfall Primus in one of my decks, and it's like cool. It's yeah. a card with persist that destroys non-creature permanence. That's only really optimal when you are wanting to loop it with, yes. you know, Mazarek or whatever. For sure. Um, and all of them work really, really well on the deck on their own because they're synergistic. Yep. I also don't have any tutors in that deck. Yep. I actually, that's a lie. I have a Witch Claw Talisman. Mm-hmm. Um, but Witch Claw Talisman, you give it to someone else so then they can tutor a way to stop your combo <laughs> yeah. going off because it's you like quite a lot of mana. scarabs and I tutor like Swords to Plowshares or, or like Disenchant. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that'll do it. Um, so I think that those combos are fun. And the, the big reason why I think I would be sad in a world without combos if you were to, you know, produce a world with where no combos under four cards exist mm-hmm. is I think I would end up personally in some of the pods I play in sitting in games that don't friggin' end. Yeah. I think that get someone getting off an infinite combo going, I think it would um, just ends the game sometimes. And I think that commander where it's at now, there's so much good interaction and there's so much good removal and protection mm-hmm. and board wipes now. Like, we have Farewell in our format. It's just amazing, right? Yeah. When Farewell happens, it's like you're restarting the game. Mm. And if someone can come out from that and end the game with a combo, yeah. I'm all for it. I have said multiple times I hate playing in Commander games that are longer than two hours. Yeah. I just hate it. Um, so, yeah, that's why I disagree with you completely. That's fair. I, I think... For me, there are other ways that I would want the game to end. Like, I'm a big advocate, same as you, for mm-hmm. having lots of win cons in your deck, for not having too many board wipes. Like, those are things that I think remedy that. Sure. Uh, non-infinite combos, for instance. Yep. You know, like Copy and Gary, whatever. Um, yep. But, yep, no, totally respect it. Okay, absolute power. Do we ban combos from casual games? Oh, you're we're... saying we're banning them if we had absolute well, power. Well, I said I'd like to never see them again. This is absolute power. I'm making it so, so that I can never see a casual game end in a combo. So the idea is now that every deck you ever build has to be put into Commander, Commander Spellbook. Spellbook yep. Identify any combos. Mm-hmm. If it has one, you can't play that deck at Commander. I have checked this box already. <laughs> <laughs> already done. Um, uh, would we do that with absolute power? No, I would not. Uh, I know I'm not speaking for everyone and their commander experience, and I can also recognize that my preferences are not everyone's preferences. Yeah. And I don't want to enforce them on anybody else. So, no, I would not do it. I'm definitely in the hell no camp, but um, I would like to just say that, again, just find the pods that you like playing with. Yep. Uh, if you and have, I have done that, by If the you way. have a spicy hot take like Walt like this, the way you don't like combos, don't play with people that play a lot of them. Yep. It's simple. I've uh, successfully convinced everyone that they should stop doing that. Yeah, you've actually made a bit of an impact on our <laughs> LGS. Ah, uh, look, I think I think a lot of people when they get into Commander are like, "Oh my god, a combo! That's so cool!" And then once they've played them a few times, most people, not all people, yeah, uh, will be like, "Ah, oh, I can see this is kind of boring for me yeah. and everybody else." One of my first infinite combos was learning that Zaxara um, and Freed from the Real goes infinite. Mm, yeah, um, Pemanzora as well. Pemanzora, yeah, yeah. Um, you got one more hot take here, I reckon. I've given four. You've gotten given three. What's your What's your final one to leave us with? All right. It's another CDH-related one. Okay. Um, it's going to be a quick one because uh-huh. I don't think I can back it as much as the <laughs> other ones. Um, sure. Okay. I'm actually nervous to say this because I'm going to get flack Ooh. for this. All right. Orcish Bowmasters 
is not as good in CDH as people think it is. Whoa. Um, for, for context, for casual listeners, Orcish Bowmasters, we are considered to be, right now, in, in a lot of articles that people that play CDH are writing and, and just general conversation, we are in what's known as an Orcish Bowmasters world. Mm-hmm. That's what people are referring to the current CDH meta as, an Orcish Bowmasters world. So, for reference, Orcish Bowmasters is a creature from the Lord of the Rings set. It's a two-mana creature with flash yeah flash makes it good when it enters the battlefield and whenever a player draws their second card for the turn nope no already wrong it's even better than that it's whenever an opponent draws their uh an an additional card whenever an opponent draws a card other than the card they draw in their first draw step sorry so second or third or fourth whatever card uh, then orcish bo- you amass orcs one. Yep. So you make an orcish army that's a one one, or you can, if you have an army, you put more cannons on there. That's never relevant. Um, <laughs> Sometimes. And orcish bowmasters deals one damage to any target. Correct. So the way that this normally plays out in CDH and why it's warping the meta so much, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you play a lot more CDH than I do. Is that it? Basically, pretty much always can two for one somewhere. If someone yeah. if. At the very least, it's entering the battlefield and pinging a um, a dork. Yep, dorks if, are a big one. Yep, if someone's attacking you with a 2-2, enters the battlefield, deals one damage to that, you block with the army, dead. Yep. It can even trade with a 3-3 because you can flash in the orcish bowmasters, deal a damage there, block with your army and the orcish bowmasters, you killed a 3-3 for two mana. Yep, it also is part of a lot of combos. Yep. Um, if it, there are non-infinite combos that you can do with orcish bowmasters, for mm-hmm. example, if you are a wheel-based deck, you yep. can wheel the table and hold priority flashing in orcish bowmasters. Yeah. I've seen that done a few times. Yep. Um, I've also seen infinite combos where, you know, for example, you are running Dockside and a meal the blessed um oh, so yeah. you can flick a dock side with a meal the blessed yep. generate, infinite generate infinite mana treasures and then you use the infinite treasures to flick, to flick a, a orcish bowmasters a million deal times one damage, one damage one damage one damage yep correct um, uh there's infinite sack reanimator loops yeah there's a bunch of these things um i am going to say that it's not as good as people think Okay, so so for reference, how good people think it is, like you said, people are saying we are in the Orcish Bowmasters meta, basically. Yes. Orcish Bowmasters is the reason the decks look the way people, they do. People are like uh, questioning including cards based on the fact that Orcish Bowmasters exists. For reference, like our good friend Johnny Salami on stream said the other night, people are really low on dorks at the moment. Yep. CDH used to be full of, um, you know, Lanawar Elves, Abyssin's Pilgrim, this kind of thing. One mana green creatures that tap for a mana of any color. Yep. Um, they're very, very good, obviously, at accelerating you on turn one. They were pl- being played a lot. They're being played a lot less because yep. Orcish Bowmasters for two mana just kills one or two or maybe even three of them maybe more than that sometimes if someone's wheeling and then you're flashing it in that kind of thing uh so yeah people are calling it the meta you think it's not the meta oh i still think it's affecting the meta on a larger scale but it's Um, not like the defining characteristic of the meta right now i think there are other things that are happening in cdh that is defining the meta more than I mean, I'll, I'll throw the One Ring out there. The One Ring is another thing. Um, not just cards, but also more playable CDH commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the past year or two, just because of the sheer volume of legendary creatures we've yep. got, there are more playables. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked a, at length about the Demir. What's the one? You choose a choose a number and then whenever... I've, oh, Talion. Talion, yep. yep. That draws you a million cards in Demir. Yep. It's kind of d- the Demir value shell now. For sure. Um, the reason why I'm saying my hot take is Orcish Bowmasters isn't as good as people think. Mm-hmm. 
is because I've played just this month. I've played nearly twenty five to thirty games of CDH. Jeez. Um, I'm playing a lot. I'm yeah. Grinding. I'm also preparing for our stream of mm-hmm. um Dockside Debacle Three, so I'm yep. getting to know the meta. Um, I see Orcish Bowmasters come down. People get scared of it, and it gets removed. Mm. The other thing that Orcish Bowmasters does is kills an Orcish Bowmasters. Yeah. Orcish Bowmasters answers Orcish Bowmasters. And in an Orcish Bowmaster world, you're never going to see two Orcish Bowmasters and both of them be a problem. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Ristic study, there can be two Ristic studies. And that is a big problem in CDH. If two players are on Ristic study and they've both got it down, Mm. oh my God, people stop paying the one and those two will duke it out for the win. That's fair. I just think Orcish Bowmasters, outside of being a combo piece, Mm -hmm. is not... As valuable as people think. Like, responding to a wheel, that's sick. But I have been seeing people play Shieldred more in CDH. The mm. four-mana one that's a four-five with yep. death touch. And whenever, whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. And yep. you draw a card, you gain two life. I would... I, I would if I, I don't play many I'm, I'm currently building some black CDH decks I'm building mm-hmm. Slimefoot and Squee yep. Orcish Bowmasters is in the list because it also combos with Slimefoot and Squee mm-hmm. but I am like considering Shieldred for the deck as well just because it's a really good mid-rangey piece and, mm. the, and I think the meta of CDH is now a mid-rangey meta where Turbo Nors can sneak a win occasionally. Okay. Um, I still think Turbo Nors is probably the top of the meta, but like, yeah, I think CDH as a whole, Orcish Bowmasters is not as good as people think it is. Okay. Um, it's hot. It's a it's a hot take and I'm happy yeah. to... Uh, this will be a unique one. I was supposed to say whether the other person agrees, whether I agree with this. I have no idea. Yeah, that's fair. You <laughs> I don't play, play a lot. hardly any CDH. I probably played. Uh, I can probably you count the number of games I've played of CDH on one hand in the last nine months. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, so I will be a responsible human and say that I've got no idea. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, um, but if we had absolute power, uh-huh. um, I is this like another one where we force people to take Orcish Bowmasters out of their decks? I think it's more like. Maybe is it like, do we make people see that Orcish Bowmasters is bad? Or like, or like consider, do we f- yeah. force everyone to it? To- okay, how about this? Because okay. both of us are neither experts. Uh-huh. Would we go up to Dylan and Cam from Play to Win <laughs> and tell them to their face, you guys are idiots, you're running Orcish Bowmasters. Or it's not as good as you think it is. Say something like that to Dylan and Cam from Play to Win. No. <laughs> Neither would I. <laughs> I I play a lot of CDH, but I am not as big of an expert, and I'm sure I am still not seeing the full extent of how good Orcish Bowmasters is. I mean, it's changed the meta away from Dorks. Mm. Like that's got to be something, right? Yeah. I, so yeah, maybe the the sort of healthy middle ground we're landing on is like Orcish Bowmasters is good, but not that good as good as people think it is. Well, that's that's your spot. That, that's, I'm not going to stand next to that because I've got no idea. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I've talked a lot about CDH in this episode, yep. but it's it's what I'm playing a lot of at the moment, yep. so that's where my mind's at. No, I respect it. We know that there's some CDH listeners out there. We hope you've enjoyed. Uh, and of course, everyone has some hot takes if they talk for long enough, and we've been talking for a long time. But it's important <laughs> to take stock of what really matters and whether our beliefs are actually reasonable expectations that we can set for others. So, Space Commanders, Command, command received. received. All right. I feel good. I feel like I've gotten some things off my chest. But also, like, when we boil it down, you're right. We we say these hot takes. And I feel like for most of them, we were like, 
but yeah, we wouldn't actually change anything. No, we? we wouldn't. We wouldn't actually do it. That's like, the get commanded way, right? We know people have hot takes. We know you guys want to hear them, but also it's important to put them in the context of like we wouldn't actually do anything yeah. about it. They're just like feelings we have that we know are just feelings we have. See, I, I still love people being like, "Wow, arcane signet is so bad. It should be. It's so. It's bannable. A ban arcane signet. Ban yeah. soul ring." Everyone's still playing them. Yeah. Like. <laughs> the commander's fine, yeah. guys. We're having fun. Uh, and to the listeners out there, do you feel commanded? What do you think of our hot takes? And have you got any of your own that you'd like to share? Yeah. I reckon this is going to be a hot one in the Discord. Yeah. Um, keen to see it. You can jump in our Discord, uh, the Greensboro Commander Community Discord, and discuss all of these amazing hot takes with us. Or you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram, or threads at Get Commanded Everywhere. Um, and if you want to see us play Commander live, you can go to twitch.tv slash get commanded yeah check it out for sure and don't forget to check out our patreon page it's linked in the show notes it's the absolute best way to support the get commanded podcast directly in the things that we make we'd like to thank our patrons stella tam fuzzy and bottomless potamus and an extra special shout out to fletcher cutting and wizard down under for supporting us in the space commander tier you guys are the best uh, it's scary that there are two space commander patrons now. i know They're like we know there's at least two other space commanders as well yeah we've the heard cohort the two is growing. voices it's terrifying scary uh, and a quick thanks to Palms Off Gaming uh, for sponsoring our podcast. These guys are great at making gaming accessories like sleeves, deck boxes, and binders. Uh, you can go to palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded to get 10% off their amazing products and yeah. support the show at the, at the same time. Yep. That's palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. All right. Hot takes over. Yep. Let's go back to the world of regular living where uh-huh. we're not playing magic or talking about magic. What have you been up to recently? I went on holiday. You did go on holiday. I went for about a week and a half up to the Gold Coast. Yeah, I love uh, the Gold Coast. For those of you international, maybe you've heard of Gold Coast. I don't know how much people know about Australia when they're not from Australia. <laughs> I think they know like of, of Sydney. Yeah. Uh, but the Gold Coast is north of Sydney yes. on the coast of Queensland. Yes, it's very close. It's near to New South Wales. Like you can drive and you can get to the state New South Wales, which is where Sydney is. Mm. But you're uh, much more in the tropical area of Australia. It's friggin' hot. It's hot and humid and consistently hot. In Melbourne, we get very hot. We can hit, you know, 40, sometimes above 40 degrees, but it's a very dry heat and it's very inconsistent. That's Celsius, by the way, as well, not Fahrenheit. No, it might rain that same day, for reference, in Melbourne. Gold Coast is just like, nope. It might rain, it might not, but there's it's going to be 25 and it's going to be hot. <laughs> there's kind of two settings to Gold Coast weather, in my opinion. It's like hot or hot and humid. Yeah. Or warm and humid oh, that's like three options that's it the whole time we were there it was just hot and humid were you like <laughs> sticky sweaty yeah, yeah. It, it was a funny thing like i haven't really lived in a tropical area I, I, I spent about five weeks in indonesia on exchange which was a similar vibe but like i've not lived in a hot humid area before and the thing is you just get used to being sweaty you don't stop sweating yeah you just kind of get used to the fact that like, it's like okay, an acceptance thing isn't it it's i can like, shower as many times as i want i can change my shirt but no matter what i'm gonna be sweaty this is me now this is me now this so what did my you get life. up to? Did you go to the, the theme parks? We went to Dreamworld, which Love is Dreamworld. one of the ones there. With some really cool rides. I did my first roller coaster. You've never been on a roller coaster never before. Never before. I went on the steel Taipan up oh. at Dreamworld. Very cool. Uh, did a couple of... Does one like proper loop-de-loop. Did you go upside down, like properly upside down? Yeah, there was yeah, one well bit done. where it actually goes backwards and it goes Ooh. over vertical, up backwards. So for a second, you're like... 
yeah. upside down, upside backwards. down, moving backwards. Very I love cool. a good roller coaster. I see. I for those that don't know, I actually grew up on the Gold Coast. I we worked out after I yeah, got back. This is weird. The, the cousins of my partner that we were staying with live in a suburb called Pacific Pines. James grew up, and the part of the Gold Coast he was living in was Pacific Pines. I... We checked the street addresses. It was around the corner. Yeah, wild. And yeah, not never thought of that before. But no. yeah, when when I was a kid, I grew up on the Gold Coast. So my after school activity was going to Movie World. That was like yeah. A- we heard Movie World was good, but also that some of the rides were closed, and we were like, nah. And Dream World apparently has just like the most rides. So it's we did the Dream biggest. World. It's the biggest one. Yeah. yeah. Um. That was we did the whole day. We did ten to five, and there was we didn't. Blimey, you would have been do. shattered. We were pretty wrecked. Like I, the person we were with, like the thirteen year old who is the cousin of my partner, um, went on the claw five times. Five times. I did it twice and I was like, I don't ever want to do that ever again. <laughs> I'm done for life now. The claw I have ticked that off the bucket yeah. list. Because oh, we did it the first time and then she was like, oh, the first time's really scary. But the second time would be really fun. Me and my partner did it again and we were like, you're wrong. You're so wrong. <laughs> it was just as horrific it as the first awful. time. It was just awful. It was more awful because I knew what I was going in for. Um, no, so we did We did Dream World. We spent some time in the Gold Coast. But we also went and did a day trip to Brisbane. Bris which Vegas. Bris Vegas. A little further up the coast and is the uh, capital city of Queensland. Uh, and went to this like a little strip that has like the... They've got a museum. They've got the Gallery of Modern Art. And they have... Oh, some, oh contemporary? No. Anyway, they've got three of these in a row. Oh, the library. They've got the State Library. Their, oh, yeah. their, their big gallery of modern art and they have their museum. And they This also, sounds like a good spot for you and your partner. Yeah, yeah. We didn't end up going, but they also like literally just next to it again have like sort of the equivalent of their art center. Like oh, cool. the big, big theater venue. Did you go see a show? We did not. We were uh, going to, we ended up going to a movie instead, which was, was really fun. But the gallery of modern art was amazing there. We went there twice. We went to the museum twice. We spent a whole uh, good chunk of time in the library just reading books sitting quietly in a cool area. That was nice. That's actually like, if you know Walt and if you know Walt's partner, Electra, that's a perfect holiday for yeah. those two as a couple. Look, we spent so much time doing so little and it was just like perfect. We came back to Melbourne and we were like, actually our life's pretty good. I feel okay now. <laughs> we were feeling pretty like burnt out on just the way things were going. And then we were like, no, we're okay. And life's going to be fine. Well needed holiday. Well needed and feeling very relaxed now that I'm back. Well, welcome back. We've got a lot of podcasts and streams and oh, videos. It's going to be a huge year. Conventions and stuff to yeah. do. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Yeah. And uh, that's all we have time for this week. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander players. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>